All right, everybody. Welcome back to Who's Your Band. I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Jeff, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, this is either going to be my favorite episode that we've ever done, or this is going to be my final episode. I don't know whether it's going to be, it can't be anything in the middle. It this can't is, be. This, this is, has the potential to be a wild one. That's for yes. sure. But before yes. we do that, um, just let's talk for a second. Uh, shows. Any yes. shows? Have you seen shows? We, listen, we haven't done this in, in uh, two weeks. We had to take off last week. A yep. uh, lot going on. A lot going on. Yep. Uh, here. Have you seen anything? Uh, no, I have not. And then we are... Uh, I think my next concert is uh, not until May 18th. I think I'm Who going to see uh, Clutch at Starland Ballroom. Well, that's going to be a good show. Clutch yeah. at Starland And they Ballroom. just announced another great show. I guarantee you that you're going to come to this show. It's uh, Extreme and Living Color. Oh, I saw that. I saw together. that, man. Yeah. And it's a big tour, so I'm definitely going to go to that. Funny thing. I just I just uh, reconnected a little bit with uh, Corey uh, Glover. Uh, I worked with him. Uh, in, back in the 80s when uh, they were opening up for the Stones and he's in town uh, to do Chilla. Yeah. And, you know, we just have a mutual friend. So we got to like talk uh, the other day. And nice. yeah, yeah, that was really cool. He was telling me about that. that you know, they're excited. He, uh, what's his name? Vernon Reed, yeah. um, Staten Island guy. He's all excited about it too. So it should be really good. Um, I got to see a show last week that, you know, last minute thing. I went to go see Mark Farner from Grand Funk. Okay. Uh, he's he's the main main guy from the voice of Grand Funk and uh the Smithereens. And oh, nice. Okay. And the deal with the Smithereens is they they lost their their singer a few years ago and they have interchangeable singers. And primarily it's Robin Wilson from the Jim Blossoms, who I saw that night, mm-hmm. and Marshall Crenshaw. Okay. And, I'm telling you, for a guy who's in his 70s, Mark Farner looks great, sounds great, moves great. You know, you don't realize how many recognizable and like classic songs that Grand Funk had. Great band. I have, I just, uh, I bought uh, Grand Funk Railroad Live for like $2. And that's a solid record. Solid record. Well, well worth it. And like they hear like a lot, like see them live doing, I'm your captain. That was excellent. That, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And then the smithereens uh, come on and they are just a straight ahead four piece rock band. Yep. That is it. There's no frills with them. There's nothing, nothing, you know, they're not trying out there to impress. They just have great, great rock pop songs. And you know, what the weird thing was about them is they really only had one major hit. What, Blood and Roses? Uh, no, A Girl Like You. See, I would think it would be Blood Blood and Roses was the song that broke them. I think their best song was Behind the Walls of Sleep. And then A Girl Like You, Top of the Pops. Those those were got pretty big radio. A Girl Like You was a top 10 song, I believe. I don't think they had anything. I I think it was. I think that made the top. I'm going to Google that while we're waiting for our guest to ramp his hand up a puppet's ass. (laughs) But it was it was interesting to hear someone out i mean robin wilson's range is not the same as pat denunzio no it's a very different sound very very different sound you know he's he's higher he doesn't have the power that that pat had and pat had that 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 
not a gravel, but he had a rawness to his to his voice that was just so unique and just so like soulful for those songs. And it peaked, it peaked at number two on a Girl Like You was on, number two. It peaked at Bill uh, on um, Billboard's mainstream rock chart, and then number three on their modern rock chart. It was actually not a top ten hit on the Hot 100, but it hit. It was a top forty hit. It was tried, it hit number thirty eight. Okay, yeah, that's I knew, a big hit if you think about it. It's and you make anyone's top forty, you know, you're successful. But their albums are at least that first, actually. I would say more than probably that first four albums are always have something big on it. Always had something that caught like your ear and always had good radio airplay. Um, and the best thing about this Smithereens, like I always say, if it you didn't like it, they you know the song was over real quick. Simple three and a half minute rock songs. You're not going to get a 19 minute uh, rock opera. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's that's what I love. It's just straight up rock and roll and. There's no frills about it. There's no deep, you know, gotta look for the meaning in the chorus. And no, you don't have to do any of that. You don't it's like just, that? No, I'm not into that whole, you know, transcension fucking let, let me just take some ayahuasca. Listen to yes. Shut up. No, give me a rock and roll song. That's what I want to hear. I like song with meaning, man. I don't care about the meaning. No, no, no. I don't care if a song has meaning. I love that. But it's the uh, you know, it's just the it's pretentious a lot of times those stupid songs they're just really pretentious i think that's the best word i could describe it with yeah well that, that, i gotta tell you there is absolutely zero pretension when it comes to the smithereens right black t-shirts jeans and they just get up there and play that's why and... i love system of a down live because even though they're 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 a little more eclectic and weird but when you go see them, you're getting a two and a half hour set from them, and they're playing about thirty eight to forty one songs because they don't talk in between. It's just boom, 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 hit, 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 all three to four minutes long. See, they, they, they talk in between. But this was this is the best. I've never seen a band do this. Okay, after the show, good night. They don't go backstage. They walk off the stage. They come. They hang out in front. And then as we were leaving, they're hanging out in the lobby. That's so cool. I wound up getting a drum head and I got everyone in the band to sign the drum head. And then That's I got to cool. hang out and talk with Robin Wilson a little bit. Nice. You should have got him on the show. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm actually going to be for 101.5 FM. I'm going to be interviewing them uh, along, but it's not going to be Robin Wilson who's singing. It's going to be Marshall Crenshaw who's going to be doing the vocals. Who also has kind of like a little out of that range. Uh, yeah, a little bit. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is, the night before they were playing uh, Daryl's place, and this past week uh, I just did uh, Daryl's place. Yeah, that's a and, cool. That's a cool gig. I'm glad you got that one. Yes, thank you. It's really cool. Uh, speaking of that, um, the sound engineer the guy who does the sound for all the shows he's also the sound engineer on the whole and oats albums and we oh, hung wow. out and we hung out and spoke for a while and he agreed to come on the show so him we're gonna have that's cool okay That'd in fact cool. as soon as i'm done with this i actually have to email him and we're gonna set something up because we were talking music and i kept saying listen we gotta save this because i gotta get you on and he's like sure he would love to do it that's and, cool you know i mean he's just like guy our age totally into music but just happens to produce 
all the Hall and Oates album. And like a, it was after Bob Clearmountain, this guy came in and was the sound engineer. And we'll hmm. find out more about him um, when we're done, uh, you know, when we have him on. But in the meantime, we are going to introduce our guest. Uh, this guy, he is, man, he has been in show business for over 30 years he started when he was like 11 years old okay and he has a, he has a real interesting story to tell us um he is uh not only a comedian he is a ventriloquist he is a magician and it's our pleasure to welcome to the show the one and only gemini how are you john how are you doing who's who's there with you that's sean morton you know, that's the one guy he never remembers when he works with me, that guy. Every time. He can't remember. You, you, why you don't remember me, Sean? I work, with, I work with so many. You know what it is? I work with so many comics who bring dubs with them to gigs. So it's just, it's kind of. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Could you name, like, two? No. Okay. One is enough. All right. Yes, it is. Thank one you. is enough. Thank I, you. Yes, Thank I can you. name two. Um, Tommy Gooch is one, and uh, Ken Krantz is the other. Tommy Gooch doesn't have birds. No, I mean, he, he he just started putting them in his act. He, that's maybe a cockatoo. Yeah, he's sure he did. <laughs> Bullshit. Speaking of a cockatoo, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. On oh, your pleasure, man. Uh, on the show with you. Um, wh where am I supposed to look? You're doing it. Oh. Just, just look into your computer screen, and you're fine to go. Um, you look you know, very dignified. So, you got started when you were eleven? No, 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 no. I did back in school something called show and tell. And that's what I did was ventriloquism. I, I don't know how to really kind of tell you. I got a very large tongue and I could mouth out the words without, you know, bothering switching letters and all this bullshit. I could do it. And my puppets are cool. Like they come, they come alive. So you're more looking at them. Well, I saw you uh, recently. You, you performed at the Parks Casino Hotel. And you destroyed that crowd. I mean, they they loved you. And and you're right. You, you know, it's like you know, it's not a fucking puppet talking, but the the back and forth with the puppet, it seems real. I I I, I it is weird a little bit. It really is. You know what I mean? You know what I did the other day? I went and I had the puppet just on the stand and these people like were like almost like they were scared of it. So I said, look, it does something. I just found it. There's a little button on the bottom, the button on the bottom. He could get off the stand by himself and walk over to that, to the first row. Ma'am, could you please move? Just move over a little bit. That's where the pup is programmed to walk. He walks over there and he talks. You ready, everybody? And and the woman moves and the audience is silent. I make like I'm pushing the button. Could you imagine if that was really what would happen? The puppet get off of the stand. That would freak me out. I just want both of you to know I am not high enough for this fucking episode. <laughs> wait, till, wait till he breaks out the puppet. 
Wait, let me ask him. I got one. Yeah, I got John, one. is it hard doing ventriloquism? You know, I'm going to say it, it matters if you can get yourself to believe that what you have in your hand or what you're operating is real and it has a personality. Whether you make that personality funny or religious or you want to be a teacher with that personality, that's up to you. Mine are of people that I've met in my life. People I, you know, uh, you, you meet every day. I lost a lot of friends because, you know, I made puppets of them without really asking, you know. And, um, and I have them, some of them with me. How, I many, have, how many puppets do you have? I have, I have 42. Oh, my God. So, and, and each one has a distinct personality. Well, no, no, no. There's, uh, I, I, I purchased a lot of puppets, you know, like there is, um, just to, uh, we did a show that was, uh, called Studio at the, at the Hill. And, um, it made it to, uh, you know, Google online and the whole bullshit. But, uh, we did it during COVID and it was a kid's show. There's no live kid children's shows anymore. It's all, um, you know, cartoons. And we thought it would be nice you know, to put together a, a child's show, but from a street point of view, you know, you had Mr. Rogers. I was like Mr. Rogers on speed, you know, I, I mean, and it was, uh, it was fun. We got a lot of nice calls and, you know, we had teachers on police, uh, you know, and then we had, uh, you know, it was during the COVID so everybody got to talk to mayor, you know what I mean? They all came on the show, which was nice. It was, uh, Where was the show? Uh, it was called Studio at the Hill. You could just put it www.studioatthehill.com. No, no, we're, we're, I was gonna say, where would people be able to find it? Um, uh, it's it's on the uh, just go www.studioatthehill.com. Okay, so it's like a web series. Yeah, no, I no, it's on the computer stuff. Oh, it's a computer show. Work. You got Sean. It's a computer show. You know, I have to just tell the people here. Um, before we went live, uh, I had the privilege and honor of watching uh, Jeffrey and John try to install Zoom on John's computer. And what it was basically like was watching uh, two legless fucking Ethiopians trying to run down the street after a donut. That's the only way I can describe it. It was... Uh, but he's you, here. We got him. You know, I, I will never get those moments of my life back. Oh, I, I'm 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 sorry. I did. Do you, you're not the only person that said that to me. <laughs> you know. So you got you got one of your puppets with you, right? I I, I brought one woman. So for the people that know ventriloquism, being re real with this is is the art of throwing your voice. Now I did. I started in New York City, like Central Park is where I really. And how old were you when you started? Um. 19, 18, 18. And what made, what made you go do it there? And what, and you weren't scared. You weren't, you weren't afraid. Like, oh, I'm, this is, this is, this is awkward. This is embarrassing. You know, you just went out with a puppet, stood in the middle of Central Park and just started doing an act. I, okay. When you put it like that, it does sound a little weird, but I, 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 okay. I was in a union. I worked for ABC. They paid for all my college through the union, um, you know, uh, NABIT, it was called. And I dragged around cables for one life to live. And um, But we would go on strike all the time. 
all the time going on strike. It was during the Olympics, the first time, the bombings. I mean, they were going on strike constantly. I was making great money as a kid paying for my school. It was stupid. But we would go by the rat. People would throw shit at you. You know what I mean? And all of the marches were done by bars. You know what I mean? So you march, you know, for an hour and then you drink for two hours and then you march for an hour and then you drink for three, two, three hours. Now, and then you march and, and now you're not marching, you know, you're singing. And then people, it was horrible. After a month and change of this, the guy that does all the electricity for the Central Park, all the big, um, you know, when the big rock stars came in, he was the guy drunk on the floor. He was part of the union, part of the guy. sound guy, sound guy, drunk. I put these two together and I promised them we could go pick up, pick up girls in Central Park. And they said, how could you do? I said, I need sound and I need lights and I'll get you. Women will come walking over, and we made a bet. And I brought a black puppet. They had the sound, they had the lights, and I had a black puppet that uh, I don't have with me right now. I can tell you, you know, he, he got hurt a little bit, and uh, I have a I have a, a different one that was made of a of a kid that was uh, this kid used to hang with me when we were kids. See, these are made by artists. Um. And you have to give pictures of what you, you know, who the give person an idea is. Of what, of what you want. So that you see the whole thing with these puppets are, it's the personality. How can you get, like if, if Sean, if I was to do a puppet, you know, like of, of, of your, you, you know, mm-hmm. the, it would be pretty good. It's angry. I, I would have the hands like be a little bit like, you know, yeah, a little angry. You know, I, I have I have know. a Sean puppet. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, it's grimace from McDonald's, but I ha- I have it. You know, I use it sometimes. <laughs> I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you what. I'm sorry. Why did you you two are not good friends? No, that's a sad thing. We are. We're very good friends. That's that's the thing. <laughs> that's unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. that's the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> We go to concerts. We hang out. Yeah. Oh, but, um, I didn't know. Thank you so much yeah. for this, by the way. So much. That's my pleasure. Okay. So, all right. So here we here we go. We, how much do these puppets cost? This one was uh, I don't know, four or five grand. Oh, a, wow, this is a kind of an investment. Wow. I don't know. Uh, I saw, I saw this at the show. This this puppet was great. Wait, yeah, I can I can show you how some of them work. Watch it; it moves. Each part moves separately. Uh, it's made of wood. I don't know if you can see; it's made of wood, you know. But each part moves separately. Like, watch, move one at a time. I don't know if I could get it closer. Okay, that's one. I guess it, was it like a button in there that you hit? No, no, they're leverage. Watch this one. You see that? Yeah. Okay, here's one. You're not gonna even really believe but when i put it all together it looks like he's alive i know it's it's fucked up uh, I know. uh watch this one see if you see it you see it yeah okay it's little. You know, it this is going to be really right? great on spotify anyway yeah it doesn't mean anything but you know you can make it happy you know like we laugh and we tell and shit and then all of a sudden he could lose his mind he'd be like you know <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and he's and he got the eyebrows raised, so it it, it, it has like expression. So, how long does it take you to learn how to really be able to manipulate the puppet, throw your voice, and then to have it like interact with you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that answer. I like. What do you like? What do you mean in detail? All right, let's break it down. How long did it take you to to learn how to manipulate that puppet? You know, to be able to to like have it react to so yours because you're like you're doing it and when i saw you do the show i mean it's smooth as silk so how long does it take you to kind of really perfect being able to manipulate the puppet okay i i learned from a a vaudeville guy named stanley burns you can look it up he was a vaudeville ventriloquist old jewish guy i met him and uh you know i wanted to be a ventriloquist i don't know how weird that is and uh, but the puppets, I, I couldn't get them to uh, it would like sit there and I would just go. And so what are you doing today? I'm not doing nothing. And it was stupid shit. I didn't you know, it wasn't alive. I was trying to get the funny out of the humor of the jokes, me and him back and forth. But they didn't weren't alive. And this guy was trying to get me to, you know, bring him out. But he says, look, your style of ventriloquism, you know, not moving your lips, I guess, whatever. You, you're, you're excellent, but you don't think the puppet's real. And I said, you know, Stanley, nothing for nothing, but it, it's not, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's a piece of wood. It's not really, you know, it's not real, man. You know what I'm saying? He goes, he goes, until you can believe that he is real, the audience will never believe he's real. You, you understand? So, yeah. so, I go, how do you do that? How do you how do you make that? I'm not an actor or nothing, you know? And he says, you got to take it with you one month. Every fucking way you go. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. So, I, I, everywhere. You know, took him to Macy's. We bought shoes. We went, got Sears. And my friends liked it in the beginning because in the bar. How did people react to that? But they would they would like laugh because I was like it was being a little funny, you know what I mean? You're one on one. That's all you learn how he how he reacts. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, how does he react to right. people? You know what I mean? He's becoming a little. They, but my friends loved it in the beginning because the girls would come over. We would like you know show us your tits. You know you could say things and oh I can't believe the puppet said that. Why right, right. That you know what I mean? You know she's not gonna do that. Yes, yeah, she will. No, she won't. I give her ten dollars. Will you stop? We can't do that. I will adopt it. You know, to this day, Johnny, the my favorite joke that I've ever heard another comic do live that I've worked with was with Vince D'Antona. And Vince was, you know, definitely my favorite ventriloquist of all time. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely my favorite. And I would say, uh, you know, just just the nicest person in the world, you know. And the joke would be uh, where George would say to him, I had to go to the doctor. Yeah, what's the matter? It's embarrassing. Well, what is it? Every time I sneeze, I have an orgasm. Well, what did the doctor give you for it? Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've worked with a thousand comics. That's my favorite joke I have ever seen live, and it always will be. He was, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, you you know his story, man. He uh, as a ventriloquist when he became a vent, they were you know he was a short little uh, small man. They would put him in the foxholes, and uh, mm -hmm. he would go. 
through, and he, and uh, he started talking to himself, and that's how he got that. Yeah, he was uh, he was an army vet for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he had a radio show that was kind of cool. Um, I'm sorry for his passing. I saw just um, uh, just before COVID, his wife came out and saw one of my shows um, oh, out cool. on the island, and that was uh, you know. It was very nice. She came out and said, yeah, um, "The I, best thing I think with with working with the ventriloquism is that you can work a really broad range of uh, of type of rooms and shows. You could do adult shows like like at the casino, and you could I'm sure you do tons of children's uh, shows as well." I, I yes, of course. Do you want to see how the thing it works and comes alive? Yeah, I mean, just to see it's See, when I do this, this looks a lot like the kid that I would hang with, you know. But if you, you know, kind of watch him a little bit, he's uh, he, he can really be uh, pretty precise on how, you know, like he can make like all of a sudden he was sleeping. And then all of a sudden he just wakes up. Makes for great radio. Does he, does he have a name? This is Sonny. Sonny. Okay, Sonny. So if I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me let me interview Sonny for a second. It's like, hey, sure. Sonny, how did you meet Gemini? He said, he said, how did you meet meet me? We do meet me when you, when you when you first met me. Oh my god, that was a bad day. I know. Oh my god, don't bring it up. No, just just <laughs> it was bad. I, 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 don't don't say nothing. I'm not saying anything. He's the one that asked. I mean, for those who are watching this on YouTube, I mean, it yeah. really it really does look like a back and forth, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, it's great for the ones who are listening on like Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio oh. <laughs> and, and Spotify, the ones where we get the real numbers from. That's what it, it sounds great there too. Well, I mean, you got you got to come and look at this on YouTube. It's you know, especially when we have like a guest like this with so visual. I mean, and it's a low talker to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Sonny, Sonny is Sonny. Why, why are you such a low talker? What do you say? He said, "Why are you such a low, low talker? Low, 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 like talk. a low talker." She's holding my balls. Oh, just, just stop. Just stop. She's not. Stop. Just stop. Yeah, this would have a hard time translating over into uh, Spotify. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So maybe we can't can't do it. Ooh, no, no, man. Just because no, I'm black. No, no, stop. Just stop. Stop. I can't do this on Spotify. Can't do it. I, I gotta say, man, it's it's so cool. I can do this. The, the back, the back and forth of it. Look, I oh, just took the head off. He just see took the head that? off of Sonny. You see that? And look, they're signed by the artist. They engrave it. You see that? That's cool, though. Well, it's their got to be like their their signature on a painting, you know. Right, it yeah, is a piece yeah, of yeah. art. See, this it one is art. A certain, like, see them all. I don't know if you can see all of the different I, ones. Oh, those are the levers. That's yeah, okay, the that's levers. Cool. You understand? Like I was showing you, you know, they're right. all levers, and each one does a different thing. Which you're trying to. That's why my hand is like fucking wrapped around this. But you, when you're doing it, though, it you is. So, it, it really is very very smooth. And that's what I'm thinking. It's got to take a lot of practice, almost like playing an instrument, to be but able to like really perfect that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You you really gotta. And you know what's really wacky is there's no standard making 
the sculptures or the puppets. There's no standard. So some people, if I showed you one of these, you know, the 10 puppets that would look awesome, beautiful puppets, but if they were all made by different people, that means all the mechanisms move differently. You know mm. what I mean? So, so when one might be a thumb movement for the, for the mouth, and you, you practiced your whole life using a, a, a finger. Now you got to move a thumb where the thumb used to be for something else. You know, and it's, and it's, I know it doesn't, maybe I shouldn't tell everybody that. I don't know. No, no, listen, it's great. It's something that's, you know, I'm sure people don't realize number one, but you know, Jeff Dunham just made his own 3d printer to make his puppet. So why don't you just, why don't you just get one? And you know, it's only like a million bucks, just buy one of those. And that way you can make them all the same way. So all the puppets move the same way. Did you watch his movie? He made his own helicopter. Yeah. How great is that? Johnny, my favorite, my, one of my favorite comedy stories, and I don't know if I ever told you this, was you know how you have that great weekend of gigs and you're happy, right? So I headlined um, the Comedy Works in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and we sold out both nights. It was like 100, 120 people for that place. That's big, right? So I was in great mood. And then I got a chance for on that Monday to go see Jeff Dunham at the Prudential Center. So now here is what my thinking was. My thinking was I'm I just sold out 125 seats in Bristol, right? So what is he going to do at the Continental? I'm like, well, he's a ventriloquist. He's not going to be able to do the whole thing. So they'll have probably curtain off half the arena, and maybe they'll do the floor in the first section. So like in my head, I'm doing the math and going, that's probably like 19.5 with the seating. This this will probably be about five six thousand. That's a great sellout for jeff dunham five six thousand seats i walked into the suite and there was 19 fucking thousand tickets sold it was sold out beyond anything i had ever seen at the prudential center and i'm telling you he started at eight o'clock and he had them in his hand until 10 45 when he stopped the show and it never stopped isn't that awesome it isn't was a, it was a great awesome. great experience because i remember seeing him doing like bananas these yeah, small yeah, yeah. little places, you know, 25 years ago before I was a comic. And now you see that. It's unreal. He had that puppet, Peanut, um, is made. I have some of the puppets made by the same artist where that artist, uh, she was one of the first that made certain puppets uh, down in Florida. And we would go to the classes. And he, him and I were in the same classes hanging out. He was making peanut dolls. You know, that's how he learned how to do the other thing. And I was making like Italian puppets and stuff. I mean, next time, if you have me, I could show you, a, you know, thing I didn't know. But, uh, you know, it's been a long time. And the puppets, when you have a good puppet maker, you know what I mean? You know who has some awesome puppets? That guy, John Peasy. Did you have a, you get mm-hmm. him? Oh, my God. He's... He has some puppets you walk in that he doesn't even use, and you just pick them up. They're they're talking without you. You know what I mean? They already have the personality. What is it about ventriloquists that make you all a little fucking weird in your own way? You are so right. I mean, look, I mean, obviously everybody's looking at you. They know that you're, you know, you're well put together, but everybody knows you're a little touched. It's okay. And John Peasy is a great ventriloquist, but he looks like a, like your lesbian aunt. Let's just be honest. Right. Lesbian aunt. Yeah. Look Uh, at his hair. He 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 has frosted hair. 
frosted tips, you know. Yeah, he looks a little bit of a lesbian. He looks like a lesbian man from the 90s. It's very Uh, true. Uh, Look at Otto. Look how crazy Otto was. And, and, yep, and he just, uh, what just happened wasn't his, um, his his death was just happened a week ago. It was the anniversary, yeah. I think it was eight or nine years ago. Anniversary. Yep, that was a sad day for that was a, what's your favorite auto story since we're all comics somebody has to have a favorite auto story i i have i have many um like many many ones but i don't know like good or bad i don't want to make it sound bad because some of them are bad no 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 he'd work the street uh i when i was on the street i was at central park west like the park that was over there he was down at the lower end by columbus and stuff and at the same time but yeah, oh yeah, before that, he rode the Staten Island ferry and, and would try to get, get money doing the hat thing on the ferry with uh yeah. with his do you know Joey um who's the guy? Novik. Do you know Novik. he was his camp counselor when he was a little kid with Joey Novik. Uh, I don't know if everybody does know. Yeah, it's Joey like, Noah was also uh, Noah's camp counselor when he was a kid. I, I I can't tell you. He told me stories with with Otto. You know, sometimes I know you you guys can make a little fun with this, but um, sometimes it's a uh, it's a channel to get the other person out of your head or out of. Yeah. It. he was a shy child that, that Otto was. I I never knew him. I knew him in his craziness. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, uh, but he would always, you know, he said to me every time, you know what I mean? I, he would look at me and didn't want to hang out. And, I, and then he'd come over, you know, I told Gemini, you know, you want to do something. And as soon as we would do like a line, he became the nicest guy all of a sudden. And he <laughs> would just say, you know what I mean? You know, John, you're the only ventriloquist I like. And then he would tell me how much he hated ventriloquists and stuff like that. Yeah, we all and, did. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah I, you you like me now because I had the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also not just a ventriloquist. You also do magic. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. And uh, comedy. It's a trifecta. Yes. Yeah, but it... I gotta say, when you go to a Gemini show, it's a really entertaining show. I mean, the time just goes by. When I used to book uh, comedy on the stars, you were the one of the few guys they said we want this guy back every year, and the crowds would come out to see it. They loved you because it was it was just total entertainment. But thank you. I just wanted to say, you know, thank you very much. I I really I don't know what it what it is, but. I try to look at it from the audience's point of view. When you see a show or a performance and it's comedy, you know, I mean, I'm not really that guy that like, you know, knocks on people. I try to take it for a little, like, little ride, you know, and I take it to the, you know, different puppets and that type of shit and magic. What kind of stupid shit is that? But it's street magic. So it just works right there in front. Bang. You, you, one thing turns into like, something else. I don't if you had to. Can you just do a complete show of ventriloquism, a complete show of magic, and a complete show of stand-up? Of course. Why would you? uh, He's the the perfect comedian, Jeff. 
<laughs> no, I mean, that doesn't make you perfect. I didn't say I was good at them. I just said yes. Well, I didn't either. I'm just saying that it's you're you're the part you're like a, you're but a triple threat. But the thing is, if you were doing a weekend and you were doing say four to five shows in a weekend, suppose like you're doing like you know two on a on a Friday and say three on Saturday, because you know you could basically see a different show every time. It, it wouldn't would, be the exact same show. It would depend on how much time each show is. If maybe a show is only 20 minutes, then fine, you give me, you know, I could do 20 of those. But if you give a show that each show is the standard, you know, hour and 15th and, you know, 90 minute show, you know, then and to make it completely different all the time. See, I do a lot of stuff with the audience plays with me. You do. So there is no way you can replica that. You know what I mean? You could set it up the same way, but it's always going to have a different closer, a different ending, a different, you know, humor. Well, you do that bit with the mask, and <laughs> that that mask is what the what the person gives you and what the what the audience gives you, right? So I mean, and that that that's about ten to fifteen minutes of your of your act. I I I have fun with that a little bit when you get somebody that you kind of catch off guard. I don't know when they people say, "Are you putting a mask on them?" It's these um, little ventriloquists. It's cut like a half mask, and um, but it and changes it, the person's face completely. It's really, face. really funny. But you know, you got to make it funny. You know what I mean? So you are now able to talk for the, whoever you have up on the stage with you, and they're standing, you know, and you just bullshit and whatever is in your mind, you do in another voice. And you know, if I hopefully it's funny. Last last night I was up in um, Utica. I drove the whole thing last night for five hours. Uh, I drove because we had a corporate today, and then I wanted to do yours, you know, right now. But um, uh, uh, up at there, the the son, the, the the boss, the owner of this huge place you know, up there. And the son, I bring the son up on stage to do that mask on his face. See, that, right there, right there, they're dying. You're, you're killing at that point. Yeah, but the kid, I didn't know that the child was six, nine. Six, <laughs> nine. I was up to his balls. Do you understand? It was horrible. And and so I just, you know, I, I, I put the mask on. I was all the way low. It looked like I was the puppet. You understand? And he was completely up there on the thing. And I, you know, I, I tried to talk the father, into, you know, giving me a raise, you know, through the son, all the things he was going to do. You know what I mean? He's going to do the lawn. He's going to paint the building. You know what I mean? But, you know, it was very, very. How, mu very how much of what you do is improv and how much of it is scripted? I guess it's half and half. You know what I mean? I set it up. To, I'd rather just wing it on a lot. That's what makes it fun for all of us. When you can just take a show and just see where it goes. And, and yeah, Sean doesn't do that. Uh, well, Sean oh. is scripted from opening to close. Oh, my, even my crowd work is scripted. Sean oh. goes up. It, 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 he actually has plants in the crowd. I do. I'm like, ooh, fat guy. I can talk about that. Ooh, black dude. I can do that. Ooh, Chinese girl. There's this joke. That's what I do. Oh my God. Well, we, then we got to. I heard him do the same Aquafina joke over and over again. I know. 
what did I learn about this? I know, I know who to get in the audience when I book you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to bring a Chinese girl. You know what I mean? And get a fat guy. You know, and just have them all in the audience. Now, let me. How important is music to your shows? No, see, I I really do. I know, like you say in this, it was really hard in the beginning to put a show like mine into the comedy clubs. And I was always trying to get more money out of them. I, I went around two years around all to the comedy clubs, bringing that a magician around me called by the name Mike Tricks. Um, I've heard that name before. He's, he's won a couple of magic awards and stuff. He, he works down in Florida um, now, down by the Keys. And he just got his house down there and he just works, you know, old school. That's how I met him up in Boston. I was doing a club and I walked down the block and there's this kid getting all into it with magic and rock and roll. He's got tattoos. And and after, you know, the show, I'm watching and I, I say, I go, guy, what are you, what are you, what are you going to do with all this, you know, this stuff? Where are, you, where are you going with it? Like, you know, he goes, someday I'm going to be on a stage and do my magic. And, and I just said to him, because I started on the street. I said, do you know what that day? That day's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Get get six minutes together, two songs, and put the magic to it. You don't even have to talk. Just get it together. Do some of this shit. And that's how he started going from the other thing. But he was already a magician, you know, like a street magician. You know what I mean? But And then he started doing the stage and stuff like that. We went on the road for, um, you know, almost three years. But there's no money in the comedy clubs. You couldn't get any money out of nobody. I didn't ever thought of. I was spooked. I was scared to go to theater. So where do you where do you go when you first, when you first start? Like for for a comedian, where you're going to open mics, you're doing uh, bar shows. You know, you're trying to get guest spots and stuff like. When you're a ventriloquist magician, how do you get started in that? How do you get stage time? I don't know how to answer that because you asked three questions. Like you said, how do you get started in that? How do you, how do you get? Okay, let, let's break it down. How, how does how does somebody okay doing what you do how do they get stage time to perfect their act well just as a ventriloquist if that's what you want to do be a ventriloquist you have to decide why you want to be a ventriloquist what's the goal is it to teach children is it for religious reasons or is it to be a fucking asshole like me and go do comedy clubs i picked the asshole i went got the puppets and went on stage but i did it because it led out I'm a that, that's not that's not what i asked john i asked how do you okay i'm not asking you why you would do it i'm asking you how do you go about it like where do you go to like okay so now you made the decision you want to be the guy in the clubs where do you go to start to perfect your act first of all get a gun because you're going to want to shoot yourself many times but if you get through that part my thing would do the same way you do it as a comedian uh, you go up the ladder. I, there's a ventriloquist convention, and it's only once a year. It is done in Kentucky. And I'm going to tell you, you want to see weird, weird, weird. You go to the door. I got a There must be a lot of pussy at that convention. <laughs> a lot, lot, of, lot, of, lot of wood, wood pussy. Lot of oh, wood, I wood. That's the greatest I, I, fucking day Jeff's ever said. 
I could I could just imagine <laughs> the, the the chicks that are hanging around this <laughs> fucking crew. Fucking <laughs> lost it. Let me tell you, I pulled up over there, and they all come out with the puppet. Hello, say hello to Joey. Say hello to Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, say hello. But it was, and there's like, there's a lot. There's like 50, 60. It's like a bad movie. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's you, like an Elvis show. convention. Yeah, no. It's oh, a, yeah. That's pretty bad, too. Yeah, whole bunch of, yeah, whole bunch, of, whole bunch of guys walking in, you know, into the hotel yeah, as the doorman's holding the door. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very yeah, nothing, much. Nothing, nothing like a six foot nine black Elvis, right? I mean, Thank you very much, man. Don't do that again. <laughs> oh, oh boy, God, man! The, so you're you're at at the convention, and there's all these. Oh my God! I can, okay, let's go I can, for the good can spot. You imagine how if you were really, really like if you took like three edibles, and now you're walking around that convention floor, how you would be bugging I'd, out? I'd freak out. Yeah, I would freak out a little bit. Because first of all, I hate midgets. Number one, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like actual living, breathing little midgets. I can't take them. So like, if I saw like a wooden one, it would really freak me the fuck out. Oh, I didn't know that. We gotta yeah. try that. Come on, because once a year, guys, Kentucky. So, like, can regular comics just go there too? Yeah, no, I get you in. I get you in. I want to go, Jeff. I think I will fucking want to go too. We're gonna go. We're gonna go live from this next. Okay, wait a minute. There's a couple of clubs that are around there that I will find out in case you wanted to just to make it a fun. Let me go find out first what, what those other clubs because that's what I did. You know, when I was over there and and this comedy stuff, but maybe you you don't want to come to write rank on them so much. You will see things behind the scenes of what ventriloquism is all about. Of course, yeah. yeah this is not to make fun of anybody. This is to like really. It, it, but the thing is, it it's just so, think <laughs> about it. Just picture a convention floor of ventriloquists and guys throwing their voice and having. Every type of imaginable puppet. Oh, no, those, you don't I, think that is like those that are was the a petri dish. It's a petri dish of mental illness. <laughs> yes, That's yes. what that expo center is. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And and you know what's really wild is those aren't the uh, the people in the uh, uh, the booths are not the you know the crazy people. It's the ventriloquists. Us that are crazy, but those are the people that make the puppets. You want you wanted to meet the people that make them, and they're all different artists, and what they cost and what they are. Like you could get a puppet, being honest, made of you. Like if you wanted a, a puppet, you know, like I mean, I think that's funny as shit. You know, you go on and you got a guy that you, that looks just like you, you know, on the stage. Yeah, but then you would have to be able to ha- do the act and be able to throw your voice and manipulate the puppet, and that's not easy. Do you think anyone could learn how to throw the voice? I, I think anyone, as long as you, uh, if you're really into it, I mean, if you're really into it, I mean, I, I, I would show anybody. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many comedians, I'm not even going to tell you how many, thought, you know, oh, I want to be a ventriloquist. That's the only reason why you're doing your funnies because you got the puppets and stuff. I go, you know, you think you could do it, you know? I would give them my one of my puppets. I go, don't spend the money. Don't spend the money on all this. Pick one of the puppets that you think is your character. I got fucking 
54 of them here. You don't stand, so go look and then borrow it. See if this is you really want to go and be a, a ventriloquist or, or you want to put it in your act. Maybe, you know, in the comedy, you just want to do 10 minutes. No sense going through this. You're going to put yourself to craziness. See Maybe if you feel have you ever considered like a, a ventriloquist school? There is. There is. There is a school. I don't know. Where is it? They have one in in Florida, and there's one that is the um, uh, the uh, museum, and that's in Kentucky. Uh, your boy, we were just okay. talking about. Poetry, the poetry the Ottawa like- George is is uh, one of the original puppets David Copperfield have, and the other one that's right. is, is in the museum. Now, mm-hmm. suppose you couldn't commute to Kentucky, okay? Like, is there a comedy club you could have associated yourself with to maybe, like, run, like, a ventriloquist school? Suppose, like, maybe you did it with, like, Bananas or Uncle Vinny's or one of the clubs like that. No, I, I, I don't think anybody would want to uh, – I don't think there would, there's a market for that. I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't think so. Why? why? To go – I mean, I, I don't see that. And then it's a lot of money, those puppets, on something that you just want to try as a whim. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see that. I don't see it. I, like, like on a low scale, what, what could a puppet cost? If you don't have to get a custom oh, no, made one, you just, you just pick the one or use puppet. 50 bucks. That's not that, that's not that much of an <laughs> yes, investment. You could look on the line. They got those, you know, they look like uh, sponge-like puppets like a standard there's a fireman there's a you know weird woman you know what i mean they they, they you can get any of them you know you put some you put some thoughts into my head it's like this look this act that i'm doing now it's not getting me very far i may have to start thinking about maybe bringing a puppet on stage uh, uh, a jeffrey you, paul puppet you buddy, can bar- already- you can barely talk english as a normal human being without stuttering and stumbling all over yourself you think you're going to be able to put a fucking puppet on there and not have your mouth move are you not out only, of your mind not only will i do that my puppet will speak per- perfect proper english be- <laughs> yeah try one yes. more time dopey yes he'll have a, he'll have a, a little bit of like a you know let me, let me see if i can do it a little bit i'll have like let's uh, do it. okay let's yeah, try okay it. like I, oh here's my puppet okay here he is Okay, it's like, uh, hey, how you doing, Jeff? Hand, doing pretty good, there, Jeff. It's not bad. Okay, I think you got to know. Maybe if you take it, I'm doing very good. Like, like this. Like, hey, Gemini, how you doing? You're pretty good. This? Yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't high enough at the beginning, and now I'm too high. I'm laughing at Jeff's shit. Has this ever happened? This is episode 124. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have to be a certain amount of high to appreciate my humor. Um, So, it is a music show. It is a music show. Okay. You're a big music guy, aren't you, John? I, I am and I'm not, my friends. I add music because music tells a story and it's nice when visually I can present that story through magic, you know, floating the rose, you know, some of this shit. And it's nice and it's and it's and it's just a, a uh, it's an illusion that come in. But when you can sit there and, and put a little bit of a flame and just blow the flame out and then right there is a rose. How nice and awesome is that? Or a bird, 
you know what I mean, that comes out. You know? I see with music sometimes it kind of really like gives you the personality of who the act you're going to see is. Like you'll have your rock and roll, uh, uh, you know, a magician like Chris Angel. And then you'll, you know, then you'll have like, you know, you see a lot of these guys. I love on the Penn and Teller show, they'll have music and sometimes it'll be like this very like easy, cool, smooth music. And then sometimes it'll be like, you know, you, you can have like a little bit of hip hop uh, uh, personality in it. What kind of music do you use in your act? I love jazzy blues where you don't even have to have words, but you feel the emotion through the very chords being played. When it goes up, you can feel it. You know, it's sometimes kind of cool if you really want to break your balls down is listen to some of the classicals, the opera, without the words, just the music. When they have the wars, the feist scenes, even the cartoons, if you take out all of the, the lyrics and the voices and just listen to the music without the words, that's what I like doing magic to, that music. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that. You know, so we just did an episode on uh, on uh, another show they do called Dustin's Vinyl. And on that show, we were breaking down different type of theme songs. And when you listen to like the theme songs of cartoons, and sitcoms of the early of the you know 19 uh, 19 um, 1970s 1980s the music was was so much so intricate like when you listen to like some of those cartoons that big band like listen to like the theme of the pink panther and Fine just listen, right but just listen to like like i'm just thinking the pink panther because there was a song that we kind of like, we delve into and you just listen to the drum rolls and the cymbal crashes on it and it's so it's so jazzy and that, so that, bluesy. It's that so cool. really that was the first song I ever used in Magic was the Pink Panther song. And I it's amazing. That, Henry Mancini. Uh, uh, Carol Burnett did it where she had the full orchestra playing the Pink Panther thing in a jazzy style and had different Pink Panthers all trying to dance with her. You know, like uh, that's so great. You know, it was so awesome uh, that you know, and I, I from that moment on, I wanted to do magic to that music, whatever. I'm trying to remember the Bonnie Miller uh, theme song. Started off with the bass line, doom, do 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 do, and then it busted into the real. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it did have like a, the, clar- yeah. a little and a little clarinet going. Yeah, and then it busted into the full big band. Uh, towards the end of the credits yeah so they, they really really like took pride in like how these th- this music really just kind of like set the the, the tempo of, of what this show was like um like one miami of the things that we vice. Miami, miami vice yeah vice. very very cool music just as walking on the stage it yeah. was jan hama who had done an album previously with jeff beck and he was a very very noted uh, jazz like, keyboardist, Jeff and he Beck. really brought that. What, what's the What's the awesome song Jeff Beck has that one? Uh, uh, with that's well known. Well, probably his, uh, most well known stuff was the stuff that he collaborated with. Like I think his uh, version of "People Get Ready" with Rod Stewart 
is a classic, and his guitar playing on that is just insane. But he he really was more of like an instrumentalist. And if you listen to his uh, like an album like uh, Blow by Blow, I mean, it's really good. If you listen to a song like Freeway Jam, you know, where you kind of you could feel like the panic and the hecticness of of being on a highway, you know, all through the guitar and the way he kind of played, you know. But I mean, when but when you look at something like uh, Jan Hama doing uh, Miami Vice, like you mentioned, it really captured you know the 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 atmosphere of what this show is is about and who the characters are through music. Right. Yeah, look I, at the theme from Beverly Hills Cop too. The Harold Faltermeyer did uh, Axel F. Great one. Same yeah. same vibe, right? Yeah. I, I I'm so amazed that you are stating all these these songs that I. You know, I thought I was being pretty creative when I used them for my magic. <laughs> you know, now I it know is. It is. <laughs> I mean, because you're, you're setting a mood with it. And especially if you're going to pick something like Pink Panther, everybody knows it. Right. right. But I did I did 11, I did 12 lit cigarettes. I won an award. 12 lit into two pipes into a cigar. And, and but I would throw, you know, do a... Uh, street stuff, you know, once they were called tanks, cig- cigarette tanks, and you could put three in a, in a tank and you would light them before the show and you stick it in the tank and it would keep them lit. You know, there was aired out, but man, you had to move around a lot or you saw the smoke would be coming out of here. You know what I mean? But, but, uh, and then you'd make a steal. You understand? Like you would sit down, take a cigarette throw it down. As soon as the eye's there, look what I'm doing. I'm going in here. So I would throw it down. Bang, there's your eye. And I would pull another cigarette out. You understand? All that sleight of hand stuff, right? That was pretty awesome, but people would look and they would look and they were all lit. For 12, you know, 12 fucking cigarettes coming out. But yeah, I it, love that stuff. I, I can watch that stuff all day, man. And especially like to go to a show like that, you know, oh, it's such it's such a fun night out. Hey, John, we got to wrap this up. So tell uh, our audience where they can find you, what you got going on. You know, I have I have one person that will tell you that, and that will be at any time. Hey, you're going to be on the radio with me, 101 point? Yeah, I'll be there on, on Wednesday. And for hey, there we go. A signature dove. Okay. Uh, just a Gemini comedy dot com i guess that would be the best way to say hello and uh you know and say hello to all the little friends that i have you know i gotta tell you i don't think i know another comic locally who works more than you do no peasy johnny you're you're always working which is a great sign hey and all kidding aside man thank you very much for having me yes it was actually a lot of fun it was a lot of fun today uh we love busting each other's chops uh and you're a good sport too, which is which is also makes things a lot easier. I mean, you're definitely well fucking touched, but it's uh, this was a great episode. Sure, sure. Hey. you guys are working together. No, we just worked together a few months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, listen, listen, John. I will see you on Wednesday. And listen, for audience, you want to listen to us live one hundred one point five on uh, Wednesdays. John and I are on with uh, Steve Travelis. Um, and you know, Adam, get these episodes out early so we can kind of promote the stuff. And uh, Sean and I have a pretty big uh fundraiser that we're hoping to really uh raise a lot of money for the yes. Joe Y uh foundation. 
uh, and that'll be on May 20th at Paradise Island. Yeah, you know, and we're going uh, to uh, we're also going to have another. Uh, uh, I, I can't wait to do this one. I really uh, I love giving back to to charity and and to help others as well. Um, we're going to have a, a a very big fundraiser that I'm going to hopefully get you on with me. Um, one of my obviously when I, when I probably one of my best friends uh, passed away very suddenly, and uh, it was only four days younger than me. 46 years old so um we've already been in contact with a, a pretty big venue so we're going to put it together a, a show to uh start a scholarship fund for his kids and uh that'll be in july so once i get the date locked down i'm going to plug that really hard to sell that place out so we'll be on the show with me and then um you know otherwise we're going to keep grinding the rest of the summer okay all right guys catch us next week uh we're getting a view now of of the uh, Gemini headquarters. Look yeah. at that. That's a pretty cool setup you got, my friend. Look at that. Oh, oh jokes at yokes. Yes, I've done that room myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. The, the bistro. The bistro. I, oh, man, that place is, I don't think that place is there anymore. No, it's not gangsters. <laughs> they fucking shot somebody in front. Yeah. I gotta go. I'll see that's you later. Now, that's now the Highland Diner. All right, guys. We'll have another exciting show like this next week for you. John, thank you so much. I'll see Thanks, you when you're right, during the week. Everybody, right. please continue to subscribe. Thank you so much.